Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, the most advanced Bible study tool for both ministers and laypeople. Available on iOS and Android for phones and tablets, as well as on your Windows or Mac computer or laptop. Get the most of your time in the scriptures with Logos Bible Software. For more information and 15% off your next Logos package plus five free ebooks, visit assuranceofpardon.com slash logos. Now on with the show. Welcome to Assurance of Pardon, a podcast about the gospel, the Bible, the church, what it all means, and why it all matters. I'm Scott Davis, pastor of Hope Presbyterian Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And I'm Gage Jordan, assistant pastor of youth and families at First Presbyterian Dyersburg in Dyersburg, Tennessee. Gage, we are wearing uh, party hats and blowing those little kazoos that unroll, and uh, there's confetti flying everywhere because this is the one-year birthday of the Assurance of Pardon podcast. It is. We even have trick candles for your cake and everything. Yes, yes. If this podcast was a child, it would still be uh, needing help going to the bathroom, would still be in diapers, and it would probably not be able to walk yet. Yeah, it's it's awesome to think about this because uh, my daughter actually turns one next month on the 6th, so um, our podcast is as old as my kid is, so this is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, uh, we started this. Uh, the first episode of Assurance of Pardon was uh, January 9th of 2020. And so a lot has happened in the podcast and a lot has happened in the world since then. Uh, but in the meantime, we've been we've been doing mostly weekly episodes for the uh, for the last year. <clears throat> and, and we've picked up about f- almost 13,000 downloads from around the world. It's been exciting. Absolutely. We definitely appreciate everybody's support. You know, we posted the other day um, some of the stats and I, I hadn't realized how much or how many episodes we had done. I, you know, you start start doing this kind of every week and, and you're putting stuff together and you don't realize kind of the amount of content that was put out. But in in the last year, we had 39 episodes. We had 1,352 minutes of content. Um, and of course we surpassed 13,000 at this point, the other day when we posted, we were at 12,639 downloads, but we're over 13,000 now, thanks to our, uh, avid listeners, you know, our, our friends and family have, have definitely downloaded a lot of episodes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, uh, I see those podcast download numbers and I was like, I did not know I had that many family members. Apparently I do. Um, also, uh, thanks to our friends at the Society of Reformed Podcasters, uh, which is a network of like-minded Reformed podcasts. Uh, they that has been a, a great uh, a great blessing to to this podcast as just some camaraderie of getting to know some of those uh, brothers who produce those podcasts and and visiting uh, uh, throughout the week about the work of podcasting and about the gospel and the Bible and and just the the, the shared resources and listenership as uh, there's uh, no doubt a number of crossover listeners who listen to ours but they also listen to the bobcast and they also listen to distilling theology uh and christ in context and so on and so forth so we're we're grateful for those guys uh if you are um not a regular listener you can uh, uh you can become a listener to this podcast by subscribing to assurance of pardon in itunes or wherever you get your podcasts or you can subscribe to the society of reform podcasters which is a mega feed and you'll get our episode and all the episodes 
uh, at the same time. So it sort of auto subscribes you to all of them in one podcast feed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, those guys, we have the the privilege of interacting with them over a big Facebook messenger group that every time I look down, I'm, I'm 25 messages behind just because everybody engages and talks. But, um, it, these are guys in the Baptist faith, the uh, Reformed faith. Um, they're in California. They're in New York. They're all over. Um, and it's it's great to see the camaraderie and the fact that the Lord is using all those guys in various ways. Several of them uh, are going to seminary. Several of them are going through licensure or, and ordination right now. Uh, you know, and, and they're at the various uh, solid, solid institutions, uh, learning theology. And some of these guys, I, I gotta be honest with you. I think they've read more books than I have. And it's a little intimidating to be able to hang out with them just cause, um, they're really knowledgeable. So please, please, please check them out. Also another thing, and then we'll get into the, the bulk of what we're going to talk about today. We have picked up a sponsor for the podcast. We'll be talking more about that in the coming episodes, but, uh, Logos Bible software. When we were, when we were thinking about the possibility of maybe adding a podcast sponsor, uh, there's no other company that would be a better fit for kind of what we would want to do. Most podcasts end up getting sponsors like Select Quote for Life Insurance or the Sleep Number Bed or My Pillow or um, uh, Hello Fresh. Uh, none of which would be a good fit for us. Yeah, guess is fried chicken or you know something like that <laughs> yes. for sure. So we're 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 excited. Not don't get me wrong, I love guesses, but we're excited to have Logos. And and if if you hadn't checked out Logos lately, please do. You know they give away a a free uh, digital resource every month. Um, it, it's free to download the app, uh, but also also Logos Nine is now out. Um, so you haven't, uh, if you haven't checked out Logos 9 yet, please do. I know Scott and I both um, got the upgrade and uh, it's well worth it. If you're uh, in the ministry, there is a new feature with some counseling resources. And I can just tell you uh, as a, a full-time pastor and Scott can back me up here, you find yourself in situations all the time where you're having to give counsel and sometimes that you feel overwhelmed. Sometimes you feel like you're in over your head. And so just to have another tool, another resource to make sure you're asking the right questions and thinking through things uh, and just have some aids and some helps. That's one great feature of, among thousands of resources uh, in the Logos uh, tool set and, and, and resources. So please check it out, logos.com. Uh, yeah, Logos, Logos Bible Software is a software that Gage and I use every single day. And it's not just for, it's not just for people in vocational ministry. It's not just for pastors, but it's for lay, lay people who want, um, who also want to take their Bible study to another level. The ability, and each, on each episode, hopefully we're going to talk a little bit about how we use Logos 9 week after week in our, in our work, uh, in ministry and how you can as well. Absolutely. You know, we had the two different episodes, one with Chad Bird, um, two different on two different occasions. And then uh, the last episode we had with Miles Van Pelt talking about and Kevin Hale talking about uh, the languages. Logos Bible Software is an easy way for you to do that. Right. You can download the app. You're looking through a verse. You're trying to figure out what this word means. You highlight over the, the word and it, and it takes you straight to a word study. And in about three clicks, you can actually um, do the things we were talking about in, in, in learning the languages and, and doing the due diligence of understanding the the word in its proper context. Yeah, it's like a Swiss Army knife if a Swiss Army knife had a million tools in it rather than just five or six. So anyway, 
Gage, uh, we thought we thought uh, on this episode uh, a fun and helpful thing for our listeners to do would be to just talk about what what assurance of pardon is about, why we think it still matters. And so, first of all, this phrase "assurance of pardon" for those who are new to the program, where do we get that phrase "assurance of pardon"? So for us, it came from our, our liturgies as Presbyterians, right? Um, that throughout the liturgy, and if, if you are unfamiliar with liturgy, I would just um, call you back to season one uh, of our podcast where we kind of walk through liturgy um, throughout the, the season. Um, but the way in which we do our worship service, one of the, the things we do is after we've heard about our need for salvation and we talk, talked about the way of salvation, the gospel presentation, what, what we're all there for, um, because of what Christ has done, you are assured a pardon. In other words, because Christ has lived the life that you couldn't live, died the death that you deserved and raised from the dead, thus making himself through the father's approval, the sufficient sacrifice for salvation, you're forgiven. And you need to hear that. And you need to hear that every single week because you and, and I Scott and, and every single other person that meets in the corporate gathering, or even right now that meets online watching a service, you're going to close your laptop. You're going to walk out the church doors and guess what? You're going to try to find your salvation. I'm going to try to find my salvation um, and my righteousness in something else. I'm going to forget the gospel because just like uh, the people of Israel in the old Testament, just like the church, just like everybody else, um, we are stiff necked people with amnesia, right? When it comes to the gospel and uh, we need to be reminded of what the gospel is. And then we need to be reminded that, that we're forgiven, right? Chad, Chad Bird uh, in their uh, partner episode with Theocast uh, a couple of weeks ago about, about the incarnation around Christmas time. Uh, they talked about how um, even after the resurrection, there's some encouragement because in that it says, that they were floored that Jesus had resurrected, but some doubted, right? Hey, guess right. what? That's us. That's us. <laughs> that's, that's who we are, that we will get a glimpse of who Jesus is and look full in his wonderful face as it's presented to us in the gospel. And then we'll walk out the door and go, okay, let me see if I can find my righteousness in my career, my identity as a parent, um, my achievements in sales, whatever the case may be. And then we'll realize that we messed up. We realize that we failed and we'll need to come back and hear the gospel again and go, man, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And then we need to be assured, Hey, guess what? It wasn't dependent on what you did. It's dependent on what Jesus has done. It's not dependent on your work, your pietism, your achievement, you're forgiven because Jesus has done it. And you need to hear it every single week because honestly, I'm convinced and I can't speak for everybody in all over the world, but, but as pastors in the South, Scott, I think, you know, that people have a lot of opinions of the things that are going to shake the foundations of the, of the church, right? Even though we have 2000 years of church history and Jesus promised that the, the gates of hell will not come against the church, that, the, that Christ will accomplish everything he sets out to do. Um, but we constantly, there's blogs and articles and podcasts and books out there, the thing that's going to rattle the church. Um, and I think at the end of the day, in our, at least in our context, the thing that we're fighting the most is this idea of pietism, 
right? It's right. this idea, and, and just to d- define our terms for our listeners, it's this idea of you're saved by faith alone, but then you got to keep your, your faith or keep your salvation through works, right? Um, and it comes in all sorts of different ways. And, and Scott, I'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts on this, but it comes in, you know, Find your righteousness in your Bible reading plan. That's a big thing in the new year, right? Not that Bible reading is wrong. Obviously, it's not. We've we had episodes about this. But thinking like your holiness is dependent on how diligent you are in your Bible reading plan. Like Jesus is going to be either love you or be disappointed in you as to whether or not you remembered your all your devote to do all your devotions this week. Mm-hmm. Or um in the new year, there's all these, all these things, Bible reading plans, how diligent you are in prayer. Right. Well, and we'll say things like um, if your job was evaluated based off of how good your prayer life is, would you still have a job or, or, or things like that? Or if, or if it was against the law to be a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? You'll hear that one. That's right. And and the, and I understand the intent and I want to give my brothers and sisters who, who share that, that stuff, the benefit of the doubt to a point, but that's the danger of pietism thinking that I can be justified by faith alone, but I have to be kept by works. And that's why the assurance of pardon matters because the assurance of pardon tells you, Hey, guess what? You're already kept. You're already forgiven. Put the works down. Let Jesus work be sufficient. Amen. I yeah. I think we in our sin we we believe that God, um, that God probably treats us the way the townspeople treated the boy who cried wolf. You know, I forgave you the first time. I forgave you the first time and the second time and the third time. But I'm done with you. You're just going to mess up again. I don't really, I don't really believe that you're sorry. And so, in our in our sin, we think that God is that way. That He is going to finally say. I'm done with you. You know, it's you you were forgiven seven times, but mm-hmm. not eight times. And, and and so what we need when we gather as God's people is yes, we need to corporately confess our sins, we need to privately confess our sins, but then we need to, the minister needs to remind everyone that they are forgiven on account of what Jesus has done, not on account of how good you have been. I uh I, I toggle forth between reading an assurance of pardon verse, like when I'd say, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness from first John. Sometimes I use a verse like that, but um, sometimes I'll actually use this. This is from John Calvin's Strasburg liturgy. This is from 1545. Calvin said to his congregation, let each of you truly acknowledge that he is a sinner humbling himself before God and believe that the heavenly father wills or desires to be gracious unto him in Jesus Christ to all those that repent in this way, in what way acknowledge their sinner, humbling themselves and trust that God desires to be gracious in Christ to all those that repent in this way and look to Jesus Christ for their salvation I declare that the absolution of sins is effected in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit according to God's word. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. That is that is cool water for thirsty, parched people that we need to hear over and over and over again. 
Absolutely, man. Because at the end of the day, and and maybe it's uh, if you grew up in church, you have this background. But even I've I've met people who um, are new in the faith that they think that um, God is like karma, right? That um, life, if life is rough for me, it's because I did something wrong and God is getting me back for it. I had this conversation with a friend this past week when he sends me a text and it says, um, Hey, why, what have I, did I ever do to deserve these things happening to me? Right. And we kind of got to unpack that. I'm like, man, well, I don't know what all the circumstances are, but sometimes it's <laughs> the world's just broken and we need a savior. Sometimes, uh, unfortunately, and you, you got to hear this, but I love you. Sometimes we face the consequences of our poor decisions and that's just that's the right. reality of the matter. Um, but sometimes James chapter one, you count it all joy when you face trials of various kinds, knowing that it's to strengthen your faith. Right. And that God isn't just doing this to punish you. God's not karmic. It, 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 matter of fact, when you messed up, instead of getting you back, he got Jesus. <laughs> that, that's, that's right. What, yeah. That's the way the gospel works, right? We didn't get what we deserved. Jesus got what we deserved. Um, right. But that's the way we process things. So we think in karmic terms or, um, as, and this is why we think we're saying something distinctly different than um, our Catholic friends because we don't think we're having to try to accumulate enough uh, good works as if it's uh, quantitative, right? If we get our, our levels high enough, if we put enough uh, charity in the bucket uh, that we can somehow um, get ourselves in advance for, for when, right. we, when we mess up, right? Uh, or we're uh, appealing to the saints or to Mary because of how, how great they were. Or, um, we're and, or we're going to purgatory and suffering right. the last measure, which purgatory is an, an invented doctrine that essentially believes Jesus didn't pay it all. Correct. Jesus paid most of it, and any balance that's left over, I'll pay that when I die for a, a year or a thousand years or however long, because Jesus didn't pay it all that they would have to sing. Jesus paid it some, the rest to him I owe. Right, exactly. And so in the, in that we think in those categories, right? We may not be Catholic. We may with our um, mouths profess that and saying Jesus paid it all, but we will functionally with our lives live as if, as if God is karmic or live, live as if we need to, well, I know, but just in case I need to make sure I'm reading my Bible enough. I need to make sure I've got the right reading plan. I've got to make sure I've got my goals set. I've got to make sure I made the right resolutions for the year. I've got to make sure I've, I've done enough or whatever it is. Instead of hearing the truth that those things in and of themselves are great. Absolutely, you should read your Bible. You should read your Bible because it's the word of God, because it's a means of grace, because it's given to strengthen you, not because you have to try to put God in your debt. You should pray because God invites you to the throne of grace and tells you to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. That's why you should pray, not because you're trying to maybe make sure you've said enough incantations to ward off the the bad that is 2020 or 2021. Um but we need to hear at the end of the day, and this is why the assurance of pardon matters. And this is why we're going to beat this drum in year two, just like we did in year one. Your position is not dependent on your performance. Amen. 
you need to hear it again. Like your position, who you are in Christ, who you are as a Christian is not dependent on your performance. That's why, and I'm going to hurt some friends' feelings here. That's why, though, we have to wrestle with sentences like, and I love him to death, and I'm I'm indebted to him for this. You know, I kind of came into the Reformed faith through 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 Piper. Uh-oh, but here we go. Here we go. You can't say you can't say God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him, because the contingency is. What if I'm not satisfied in him or if let's say one day that I've taken my house off of Jesus and I'm trying to find my justification or my righteousness and my job instead of Jesus that day, is God now less glorified? His glory isn't dependent on us, right? Otherwise that would mean that God is only glorified when I've got it all together. And it's that sort of mentality, which I understand the intent understand what he wants to do. What Piper wants to do is teach you to be fully satisfied in Jesus, right? He has talked about that for over 50 years. Um, And it's true that nothing else can satisfy you like Jesus, that everything else are empty idols that are just going to lead you to further death. But what unintentionally happens then is it leads us to think, well, am I satisfied enough in Jesus today? Have I done enough to make sure that I'm satisfied? Oh, I wasn't satisfied enough. I was only 75% satisfied today. I've left as though down. you could, as though we will ever in this life be satisfied enough, as though we right. will ever, as though we will ever, you think of that game at the county fair where they have that hammer and they, 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 they swing the hammer and they try to get the, the pin to go all the way up and ring the bell. You know, the stronger you right. are, the higher, the, the higher, the harder you can swing the hammer, the sledgehammer, and the more likely you are to get it to the top and ring the bell as if we ever ring the bell. As if we can ever right. ring the bell uh, with our uh, uh, with our satisfaction, we are always we are always going to struggle with our fickleness, and we are always mm-hmm. going to then uh, uh, look at it and be be condemned by it if we believe that God's glory is is dependent upon that. I, I love the, the 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 catechetical structure of guilt, grace, gratitude. And mm-hmm. that is a a way of thinking of not only the order of the gospel uh in a sense, but also the 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 reason why we obey. So the idea is a guilt. I realize how guilty I am. I realize the scope of it. I realize uh, that I have sinned in what I have done and what I have left undone. I realize that I sinned. I have not loved the Lord with all my heart, with all of my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, and I've not loved my neighbor as myself. And that I realize that if God were to give me what I deserve, I would receive nothing but his just wrath, his just displeasure. I am guilty. And not only am I guilty, I'm unable. I cannot, I cannot clean my act up. I cannot make it right. I cannot, I cannot, excuse me, get my crap together well enough to make, to merit or deserve it. And so my only hope then is that God would be gracious to me, that God would give me what I need, not what I deserve. And so when I understand how guilty I am, I understand I need grace. And then when I understand that grace, when I understand or begin to understand that that God has been gracious to me by sending his son to live the life I have not lived, could not live, and to die the death that I definitely deserve, when I get that, the, the cost of that, the totality of that, when I get that, it creates in me feelings of gratitude 
a desire to obey Christ, a desire to love, a desire to, to, to love my neighbor in light of that. And so, therefore, my, my acts of obedience are, are not done to save me. And I'm already, I'm too guilty for that. My acts of obedience are not done to save me. They are done so that I'm out of gratitude for what God has done. They're not, they're not an attempt to maintain or to improve upon my situation. They're wholly and completely done out of gratitude, out of love. Not because I'm trying to get God on the hook and he's going to owe me if I, uh, if I, like I, like the guy at the, at Chuck E. Cheese when I had to take a whole bunch of tickets and throw them up on the counter and, and find out that all I won was a spider ring. Yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, people can hear everything you're saying, Scott, and they can think, well, if you just tell people they're forgiven every week, if you if you tell them that Jesus has paid it all and there's nothing for them to do, uh, then how are they going to know what kind of life of faith they're supposed to live? And and aren't they just going to live however they want to? And my, my argument to that and our argument every <laughs> episode for the last year has been if you hear that and you don't think grace and gratitude, then you didn't hear it. You don't understand the gospel, right? It doesn't lead you. And that, that was Paul's argument. And that was the apostles argument uh, that it doesn't lead you to more sin. and doesn't lead you to live however you want to. It leads you to a life of, of gratitude and thankfulness for what Christ has done. And so you're willing to, as a disciple, count the cost and put your life on the line and, and give your all to Christ because of what, what he's done. And when you don't do that, when you're not satisfied in Christ, when you look for other things to satisfy you to, if when you're like the people of Israel and you build for yourselves broken cisterns that can hold no water, you then need to hear the gospel like the prodigal son and know that the father welcomes you back in his arms and says, hey, guess what? Because of what your old brother did, because of Jesus, you're forgiven. It's been paid. Amen. So Amen. go and sin no more. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now go and go and love, go and love and serve your neighbor well in response to that this is the message we uh brothers and sisters this is the message that we lovingly want to contend is so missing from contemporary evangelicalism is the is a place where god's people who are gathered there are called to corporately confess their sins to uh, privately confess their sins and then told in light of that, look to Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. Look to the that God made him who knew no sin to be sin, so that in, in him you may have the righteousness of Christ. That week after week, God's people need to be pointed again and again and again to the forgiveness they have in Christ. And there are there are people who belong to Jesus. There are people who belong to Jesus, whose trust is in Christ, who are struggling in their faith, who just like everybody else are, are, are struggling with their, with their sin. And they are gathering on the Lord's day and they are singing songs and they are hearing sermons that are giving them lots of life skills, but they are not being reminded week after week of the pardon that they have in Christ. And we are going to, we're going to keep calling churches 
to to assure people of the pardon they have in Christ. Because if that's if if all that if all that you are reminding people of is six ways to manage your money and five ways to have a better marriage and three ways to uh, three ways to deal with with um, parenting and and setting goals and if then then it's like Paul saying if in this life we have hope only we are of all people most to be pitied. That's the most pitiful thing you can possibly give people is hope in this life only. I want to preach as though everybody is about to die. Yeah, and that's why, you know, the one thing I would add add to that is is not only does it it save us from hearing, you know, five ways to be a better employee, but also if you're a preacher or a pastor, it saves you from having to make application in the text when sometimes the application is simply trust Christ. And that's okay. Uh, sometimes the text is look to Jesus or rest in Jesus or, hey, Jesus finished the work here. Jesus did it all. And I talk to preachers and pastors all the time who will have to bend themselves over backwards and have to do yoga with, with the, themselves in the sermon to try to make texts that aren't always so, here's five ways to apply this when the text isn't doing that because they've been trapped into this idea of pietism that I've got to give you something to do. Otherwise you're going to walk out of here and not know what you did with the sermon. When sometimes what they needed to hear is brother, sister, stop working, rest in Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, Gage, I think that's all the time we have for today. Hopefully this, uh, hopefully this has been a, a helpful um, reminder, refresher for people about what this podcast is about and what we've, we've gone, uh, we've, we've left this topic uh, several times throughout the season and talked about hermeneutics and talked about misunderstood Bible verses and unhelpful Christian phrases and some things like that. But we want to, um, as uh, often as often as we can get back to uh, what we're all about here at this podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter uh, where our social media platforms are, or you can always visit our website at assuranceofpardon.com and you can send us a message there and, and or through our email at contact at assuranceofpardon.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions about what we're saying, if you think, um, and I've never heard that before, or I've got questions, or I've got concerns, or I've got pushback. We'd love to hear from people. Please reach out and, and let us know if we can help you in any way. Or if you're like, man, this is freeing. This is new. What other resources can you help uh, point me in this direction to understand where you guys are coming from? We'd love to do that for you as well. Um, I'll mention again, we're excited to have our new sponsor, Logos Bible Software. Please check out Logos. Uh, we uh, would encourage you, uh, if you have the funds, to invest in, in Logos Bible Software if you're a pastor. It's a great tool to have. Or even if you're uh, not a pastor, it's a great tool to download the app and use it to help enhance your Bible study. And I also would let you guys know that we now have um, more options for swag um, with Assurance of Pardon. So be sure and visit the website and, and pick out uh, yourself something real nice, Clark, uh, and get it in any any color yeah, you'd like. Um, and <laughs> just as a, as a teaser, um, this season coming up after this episode, we're, we'll get ready to launch season four. And season four is going to be all 
about the church. So if you want to want to know uh, what a Presbyterian church is about, how we function, what we believe about the church, this season is for you. Be sure and, and share this podcast with your friends. Subscribe, leave us a review. And as always, this is Assurance of Pardon. God bless.